0: this is the sweet by so sandra podcast do you know what your brand's signature style is well, I got you covered. Take the 60-second style quiz on our website at collegeofstyle.com forward slash style dash quiz. Once you're done, you'll get a breakdown of who your style icon is, a very cool discount code on working with me and College of Style to help bring out what your signature style is and make it work for you. So visit our website today at collegeofstyle.com forward slash style dash quiz to take the quiz now. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra coulton Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra coulton You can listen to select episodes of the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements Coaching programs, working one on one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Find digital marketing strategies and social media updates on Sandra's Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash College of Style. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style and subscribe today to Sandra's newsletter. It's called Link in Bio and you can find it on LinkedIn to learn more about links that make you click. This is your personal invitation to join Sandra's community at collegeofstylecommunity.com today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Bites with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, aside from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 70 of the Sweet Bites of Sandra podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra kolta and today I have an amazing guest for you. Her name is Caroline Gigerick, and she is the vice president of growth strategy at MediaLink. This episode was recorded live on a LinkedIn audio event, and we are talking all about the business of NFTs and owning a piece of the metaverse. Now, before we get started, I do want to preface that we are going to be talking a lot about NFTs. And if you've never heard of what an NFT is, it is a non-fungible token, is a non-interchangeable unit of data that is stored on a blockchain, a form of digital ledger. So that can be sold and traded on the blockchain. Um, so if you have an NFT, I want to know about it. Drop me an email at sandra at There are different types of NFTs. Some are related to art, some are related to music. but they are all considered non-fungible tokens. You do not want to miss this conversation. I'm so excited to announce that the Style to the Nines group coaching program will open the beta group on May 1st. Yes, May 1st, sign up for my newsletter at collegeofstyle.com forward slash newsletter to get first access to the program at a significantly discounted investment of $300 for the six-week program. It has been created to give you design plus strategy instruction to build, nurture, and grow your social media presence. The program begins the week of June 1st, so sign up right now for the newsletter to get first access to Styled to the Nines. If you're consistently doing live streams on TikTok, then this is an element in your description that I think that you should add. I have just added live Saturdays 9 a.m. PST, and that's because I intend to go live every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific time to do live shopping on TikTok. If you are doing live streams all the time, you can always add an event tab, but a lot of people don't click into the event to RSVP to your event, so it's really helpful to have it right there in black and white for your viewers to see right as they enter your profile to say oh she goes live every Saturday oh I'll be there or it's just a constant reminder every time they go into your profile to look at your videos that you have something going on so if you want to revamp your profile description on TikTok or any of the other platforms that you do live streaming on or live shopping on you need to add the day, the time, and that you're going live. So let's get right into this LinkedIn audio event. I am so excited to be joined by my guest. Her name is Caroline Gigerick, and she is the Vice President of Growth Strategy at MediaLink. Her background is in branding, strategy, and empowering female entrepreneurs. She is equal parts brand and acquisition marketer who has led strategy and activation in management roles at MediaLink, HBO, Showtime, Smashbox Cosmetics, and Initiative. So today we are going to be talking about the business of NFTs and owning a piece of the metaverse. So let's get started. Thank you for having me. Yes, so today um, I know that your background, you know, you've worked with some mega brands in the industry with hbo and showtime and smashbox cosmetics and so many others and you are also an nft owner so i wanted to just start out with this conversation because i had to look it up after i saw your ad week article about getting into the nft game and your stoner cat <laughs> so can, yeah. can you talk about what made you look around the nft space and decide to pick up a stoner cat well, nft the real- The real answer
1: is that my boyfriend is obsessed with NFTs. And I had been hearing him talk about it for quite a while. And as you mentioned, I come from an entertainment background. So the reason why Stoner Cats was compelling to me was because it was an NFT focused and connected to storytelling of its own. It's an animated show about a bunch of cats that inhale some experimental marijuana and suddenly find that they can stand upright and they can talk. And Ms. Stoner is played by Jane Fonda, who's lovely. So, like, there were major talent attached to the show, Stoner Cats, and also you needed the NFT to unlock the content. And I thought, honestly, that's a novel concept. I will say, (laughs) it's novel. It's also you know, complicated because whereas I may pay, I don't know, $14.99 for HBO Max, I paid $800 USD for so far two episodes of content. So I just want to be level set about Stoner Cats overall. I'm still really excited to, to own one, but it's it's a complicated environment for sure. But that was my initial interest with Stoner Cats.
0: Nice. Well, I did look it up because I was like, okay, so there's a lot of talent, like you mentioned, associated with Stoner Mm -hmm. Cats, with um, Jane Fonda, Mila Kunis, um, Ashton Kutcher. You know, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. There's a lot. Seth MacFarlane. Exactly. I know. So, so, and I read through kind of their thesis of what what it could be. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So every episode is like five to seven minutes, and you know, and the producers,
1: by the way, speaking of female empowerment, the producers of the content itself, not the NFT, are both two lovely women. Ms. Stoner is actually based on, um, I believe it's one of the producers' grandmother who has Alzheimer's, so like a a portion of the proceeds went to the Alzheimer's um, Association, so more and more I dug into what is this about, what's its purpose, the more interested I was
0: in it. Yeah. Well, I, when I thought about how people engage, this definitely was, you know, you have to be invested in what this could be. And, and so I, I love that you purchased one of these, but, um, I want to know what your thoughts are on, let's say, the implications of what consumers might have for brand loyalty to NFT creators. So you know that these, there's tons of talent behind this, but let's say it's just, you know, a, a new person that has not had the lasting brand affinity of a Chris Rock or a Seth MacFarlane, um, but somebody who's new in the space, who has great artistry and talent, how do those brands or creators create that same brand loyalty around an NFT?
1: Well, it's funny because what you're saying kind of reminds me of when his brands, we were first getting into YouTube creators, and we had this hypothesis that you know, your standard talent would be more of a pull than your YouTube creator. And anyone that's worked with YouTube creators knows that in many instances, the YouTube creator is much more powerful than your Hollywood talent, because they have a consistent connection with their community, and they are engaging with that community on a daily basis. The same goes for NFTs like so the fact that Hollywood talent were associated with stoner cats was interesting to me but I'm going to be honest I am not the cohort that my boyfriend is which is he is the NFT super fan in our household and what is he interested in he's interested in creators that I, honestly for the most part I have never heard of before like world of women I you know until he mentioned it to me I, I hadn't heard of it he mentioned it to me boss beauties nope i he told me about it um bff which i'm giving you all of the like female empowerment nfts but bff i did hear that you know there were a lot of folks behind it that i i knew of i knew the the founders i knew a lot of the the really megawatt women that were associated but it it that part almost doesn't matter as much as the equity that the NFT creators have and the community that they are able to establish on Twitter and Discord. If they are able to establish a large enough community on Twitter and Discord, that's what really drives interest and brand equity, as you said, in the NFTs.
0: Nice. Well, you mentioned some I hadn't even heard of, but I, I don't know if you've heard of like, wow, Pixies is another one. Um, uh-huh. there's, there's so many that are really engaging with their audience, like you said, and creating community. How do you see consumers embracing new digital identities? Cause on your Twitter profile, you do have something that is not your face. So how do you see consumers embracing that as we move forward? It's actually
1: an artist named Buff Monster, and that's an NFT that I own of his, which is meaningful to me. But obviously, I'm not the only person doing this. When you own an NFT today, the one thing that's of great interest, not the one thing, there's many things, but interoperability is a big one. Because if I can only show off my NFT in a MetaMask wallet that I pull out to show you and Mark and Shirley and Marvin... Um, And that's the only way that I can show you guys that I own an NFT. Well, it's not like having a purse, a car, or a home that I can show off. Like, it's a very limited one-to-one type of connection. Twitter getting into the business of really authenticating NFTs as your profile picture was a really smart move. I mean, I do not have my... Bluff Monster NFT on my Twitter profile authenticated. To do so, I would have to subscribe to Twitter Blue, which I don't want to do. <laughs> but that's a, a smart concept because what they're doing there is they're really authenticating that you own said NFT; it's yours, and therefore it's your profile photo. What I have is just like a JPEG of the you know the art that's associated with my image. Why is that important? To me, that particular piece of art is meaningful to me on a very different level than NFTs. Like if my boyfriend, if you were look up his Twitter profile, the reason why it's important to me is that Buff Monster NFT is about looking to the future and feeling inspiration and joy as to what lies ahead, meaning the purpose of it is important to me. With many other NFT holders, if you own a Board Ape Yacht Club NFT, it's about the prowess of saying I own one and this is this expensive and I have it and you don't. That is a different engagement. I I am I'm going to be honest in saying that I don't think that I am the popular cohort of NFT owner by a long shot. And I I see these distinctions as very important both to what the community looks like today and what it can be in the future. What do I mean? Is it some brands are looking at nfts and they're all saying to themselves oh man we should get into nfts i say well one you should understand the community of the cohort that's there today buying these things interacting with them are they the type of consumers that you would naturally have in your brand today or is this a, a as you would say a new audience opportunity group if it's new audience opportunity group you need to be very careful in launching nfts when your main audience that purchases your product is not the same they don't align back to your question of like identity and nfts i think it's a it's a really important point today but it'll be even more important when interoperability is 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 more prevalent in the ecosystem
0: yeah well you actually were answering another question that i had which is When you're working with clients and and brands on their future plans and when i know in one of our conversations you had said that you are are attending weekly meetings and and they're bringing up DAOs and different um metaverse exploration and ideation around nfts what is the first step that a business can take to create their metaverse strategy be in the metaverse i know (laughs) that sounds
1: ridiculous but like Again, this reminds me of way, 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 way dating myself. I went to an iPad conference when the iPad first came out, and I realized that nobody at the conference had actually used an iPad. And I'm like, oh, this is going to go south. You can't, or you shouldn't, just hire consultants to come in and tell you what the metaverse is. You need to at least participate in it to some degree. Now, I don't have the same amount of time to be in, you know, X, Y, and Z environment all day but I do at least somewhat understand how it works and I think that's really important for brands the shiny object effect that I spoke about earlier is because a brand sees Adidas do something with Bordet Yacht Club and it's like oh we have to do that too because we are um, an athletic brand and you know it's almost like envy brand envy more than it is, is this a marketing channel that makes sense for us? What can, what can we do in the metaverse or with NFTs that helps our consumers, solves problems for them better than our brand does today in the variety of channels that we utilize? If you can't come up with an answer, most likely the metaverse is not going to help you.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, I I definitely agree with you on that. And I I look at some of the digital identities that people are utilizing on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, where there is a kind of a step by step, if you will, um, where you know you can choose your eyebrows, and you can choose your eye color, and you can choose your hairstyle. And the usage of that in the metaverse might look a little different, especially having the NFTs readily purchasable and just being your identity and just taking on another form, whether that's a person or a digital image or an animal, whatever it might be, board Ape Yacht Club, whatever it might be. So the, there's a difference in that. And I think people are, at least that I have talked to, don't know what that looks like for them, whether they're going to be having, you know, uh, somebody walk them into the metaverse or if there's a community guide. I'm I'm sure in video games, like there are people who are hired to engage in the community, community management, and be assisting people within that space. But how do you negotiate your real life (laughs) and how you're participating in virtual worlds? And do they coincide? Do they ever overlap? Like how do you do that specifically in your life?
1: I mean, <laughs> I think that's an that's a interesting question for me because I have a position in which I do not at any point want the metaverse to replace any piece of my engagement with the physical world. And what I mean by that is, like, there are some platforms, and we could probably all think of them all at once right now, in which they're thinking about the metaverse as a potential replacement, Instead of going to a gallery, I can load up VR and experience that, and I will never think that that's the same as the real thing. And I hope that it doesn't become a replacement for reality in that way. What I think the metaverse is really great at is establishing a new place for community to thrive, especially in cases where we may be located in very different places or in which, you know, let's say I have a family member who I never get to see. These are opportunities for connection that may exist and add benefit to things that we can't do in the real world. So that's how I think about the purpose of the metaverse, but I also find myself more intrigued and interested in what a For example, Snapchat is thinking about with AR because I think it's obvious to me that they're thinking about augmenting reality, even in the name, right? Mm -hmm. And adding to our experience versus replacing in any way.
0: Yeah. How do female entrepreneurs, uh, people in the BIPOC community, solidify their place inside of these new spaces, new technologies? Um, Since, you know, previous tech is really dominated by men. What do you see for women founders to kind of solidify themselves in this playing field?
1: Well, the good thing is that early on, women have recognized that they want to have a voice at the table, as have diverse audiences of all kinds. And that's been really empowering to me. So, for example, there is an NFT club called All Stars Women, and they have a DAO as well. Their whole purpose is to invest in female-led crypto startups. Meaning, because they recognize how small a percentage of women, be it BIPOC or otherwise, are involved in the space, they are actively focused on that. I'd say a good amount of stoner cats are focused on that. The BFF community is focused on that. You've got Women Rise, Boss Beauties, World of Women, You've got all sorts of Black Women Blockchain Council, which is really focused on activating Black women and focused on blockchain, entrepreneurial um, careers, education. So you've got like a host of amazing organizations out there that are looking to specifically empower folks in these communities. And I think it's really about reaching out, activating with them, because, you know, they're, they're actively seeking out those folks.
0: That is awesome. And I know that when you talked about the careers and the education that is kind of being generated from this, I, I think of what's happening right now with TikTok. Like there's, there's so many people on TikTok that are creators, but now there are TikTok managers. You know, it's kind of like this wave of opportunity in the job space to really create your own position because there's so much that is unknown and hasn't been created yet and will be needed and necessary for people to be able to have a good experience. Which leads me to last question, is what and how do you explain the metaverse? Because I know that there are so many people who have their own versions and I know it. it is evolving and it's not exactly created just yet in a way that you can look at like a ready player one but what is your overall definition
1: well i think of the metaverse as a virtual reality space i think of it as a platform for connection i don't necessarily think of it think of it as entirely ready player one i think you mentioned that earlier because I think we're so far from a ready player one. I think it exists in certain circumstances in ways that people don't even realize. Like I think many people still don't realize their gaming environments that are metaverses.
0: Well and I know that you have actually been you're you've been a TEDx speaker, correct? Yes. Yes. So the other day I actually posted on Twitter, I said, Has your avatar spoken at a TEDx event yet in the metaverse? Ah, that's funny. <laughs> Anybody say yes? Um, no, <laughs> no. But I, I mean, I, that's the way I'm thinking about the metaverse. Is like, what can, what are things that you want to bring from what we have now into the metaverse, and what do you want to leave out of the metaverse? You know, there's obviously yeah. certain things that that will and will not be necessary um, to to bring with you. But Another I, like oh, go ahead. good
1: um, augmenting reality, if you will, is trying on clothes. right like there's all these try on features that we can use in e-commerce environments but uh, they're you know to varying degrees of success but like in actual virtual reality you're trying it on yourself so think about the potential reward for the e-commerce space if that is a function that really helps people figure out what they want to (laughs) wear
0: Yeah. Well, and I know that um, I've I've tried it out at least on Pinterest where you can, you know, with, with the different technology that they have on there with um, beauty brands, be able to look into your specific iPhone or whatever camera and see how a lipstick looks on your face.
1: Which was big, by the way, because yes. dur- during COVID, we couldn't go to Sephora. <laughs> So that was almost like a lifesaver to them. Yeah, the AR and beauty is huge. I, I think it's so funny to some degree. Like, if they get too good, we won't need you guys anymore. Because, like, I don't know if you've all, you know, those of us who wear makeup used Zoom's um, makeup feature.
0: I, I've only used the little filter where you can go back and forth to see how much you want it to be, like, a little muted on your face. Is that the one you're talking about?
1: No, you can actually put... You can put on eyelashes, you can put on blush, you can put on all sorts of things. So I'm like, basically, I don't have to wear makeup is what I'm gathering here.
0: Ah, now you have me intrigued and I've got to look at it now. I've only kind of, um, and I I feel like I need to pull up zoom right now, but I've only used it where you can kind of like blur out kind of. uh, The background. yeah, 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 yeah. I do want to give the space to Caroline to talk about what she is currently working on
1: yeah it's kind of funny because since I work at a management consulting company it's like everything's under NDA which is uh <laughs> this is kind of somewhat frustrating I can say that I have spoken to some luxury companies that are specifically looking to the metaverse and NFTs to provide sort of an underlying loyalty feature let's say you could purchase a handbag, yes, but like, could you provide an underlying experience to go alongside that? And does an NFT and the additional community that's attached to that enable that loyalty experience? Does it help convert additional customers to additional products? Like, without, you know, sort of speaking to names and things of specifics, that's really an interesting topic to me is this idea of like, what does this additional community enable? I can also say that in having a conversation with the stoner cats creator, what's interesting to me is there's some experiences being offered in discord that nobody cares about. Like, here's a good example. He, he created an NFT that was very connected to Japanese culture. And he was offering like free Japanese tea ceremony. And like, You know, a a professor from Japanese culture would speak about Japanese culture. And what really happened is that nobody would go.
0: Nobody Uh. would attend.
1: Nobody cared. And so there's that piece of it is creating experiences that really add for people and not are just another thing we need to attend since we hardly have time in our day as it is
0: yeah it reminds me a little bit of um and i i can't speak to the entirety of it but um, nike authenticating shoes and having that sort of other piece of value to what your purchase is you know because there's so many people trying to sell sneakers that are you know way overpriced (laughs) but there's like the whole black market of sneakers just like like you mentioned as far as like handbags and luxury goods like there's an entire you know um dark zone of counterfeit things so to have some sort of added piece added value some sort of even if it would be an authentication of the goods and what they where they were made and who who hand sewed them or whatever it might be having that added value i think i've been talking about e-commerce and how that really has not made a huge leap inside of what is really a big opportunity inside of the metaverse, which is the AR and the VR that people are doing kind of these mixed reality um, experiences have really just been kind of these 360 degree stores um, instead of just the... Typical e commerce, you know, here's the image of the product, here's maybe somebody, a model wearing the product, here's, you know, a demonstration of the product. And inside of these 360 degree stores, there hasn't been like the try on that you're talking about that could take place in the metaverse. And there hasn't been the added experience of somebody telling you you look great or whatever, you know, like whatever it might be that you would want as an added perk of being inside of the metaverse. I haven't seen any sort of transition that would make the big leap of having like, what's the big idea here from e-commerce where I can go into my regular store in real life to why I should shop in the metaverse um, and get a whole brand new experience. And yeah, that, that's you,
1: the exact, that's the exact point, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if, you've ever worked with the jobs to be done framework, but I love it because it's very much tied to, did you create a new product or experience based on there was a, there was a job that the consumer needed to do that they didn't have enabled right now, or did you just duplicate a solution that they already have access to? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: is that solution differentiated in some way? It just can't be that we replicate a fitting room in the metaverse and we're like and voila (laughs) right like that's not entirely going to cut it i mean i don't think that you're gonna have no one going to stores anymore to buy clothes because they're like you fixed it we don't have to leave i think you have to create a reason why the metaverse provides a solution that speaks to that job to be done in a way that the fitting room
0: never can right Right, and when you're going into fitting rooms, are you going in as your current identity or have you created some sort of new identity? That's the one, I think it's like the biggest question to be um, answered by all businesses serving their current customers and their current consumers to say, will you change how you feel and what you buy and your you know purchasing habits and what you're buying that, buying for in the metaverse versus just taking your standard current avatar and walking into the metaverse and buying things that you would normally buy like that's a whole big open well, How do you
1: interact with someone if you have no idea like if we, if we saw each other in the metaverse and you were a completely different identity whatsoever what effect does that have on our potential relationship outside of the metaverse mm-hmm.
0: like, right? do, like like do i pretend i don't know you
1: <laughs> right. or, or, or like technically speaking if we walked right by each other we would have no idea exactly also, what is your ability to shift your your identity completely due to your own image of yourself right? Like, mm-hmm. because we already have teen girls having issues with social media, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if we are talking about an ability to create whole new selves, um, what does that do to us, psychologically speaking? And how do we, I mean, this is kind of <laughs> into the nestled into the some of what I referred to in the TEDx talk, but like, what does that do to us as a culture? Mm-hmm. How do we interact with each
0: other? Yeah, you know? yeah. I and these are all things that I'm sure will be tackled in many different papers. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But also in in what what are the safeguards, right? Like eventually, like we have those um, different settings that you can have, where you can make sure that you're only having a certain amount of screen time, and you're turning off notifications, and you know what will happen right. in the verse or whatever it will be called. <laughs> you know I'm, I feel like I'm steadily creating lingo that maybe may or may not catch on you know there are a lot of people who talk about influencers and how will that translate into you know metaverse opportunities talking about Zenfluence and things like that so who knows or I, I have I have steadily called it mint fluence because I feel like there will be influencers who are pulled into campaigns. Uh, for minting new nfts and that it, that will eventually be called you know if they have mint fluence or not so who knows well,
1: which, which already exists to some degree there's this like uh, concept of social tokens yes as well which i think uh yes you have the celebrity side you have the musician side but then you definitely have the influencer mm-hmm.
0: side exactly. it'll grow it will your point, <laughs> it will grow who knows what will happen thank you so much caroline i appreciate you thank you All right. Have a good day, everyone. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.